world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. No way in the nation. Um, so again, the State of the Union address, our president goes up and lies and got four Pinocchios from the Associated Press where he basically says for the millionth time that uh, gun makers have immunity from being sued. And, you know, if you tell a lie long enough, they say it becomes true, right, Sandy? Yep. So that's the narrative. So he spoke. It was the lowest uh, watched State of the Union address by any president since television was invented. <laughs> and and um, he would know because he's been around since yes. uh, electricity was invented. So the man who got 81 million votes uh, had 38 million yeah. people watching his first State of the Union address. Because <laughs> everyone knows what the State of the Union actually is. And uh, he was at an electronics plant in the Midwest, mm. and he started talking, and he went off script, and he says, you know, we got to give a lot of credit to that guy that, uh, uh, that uh, turned the lights on for us. Uh, that would be Thomas Alva Edison, <laughs> by the way, the guy who turned the lights on for us. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, what was it? The people of Afghanistan will never join to go. What the hell did he say? He called them Iranians. Iranians. He said that, yeah. He, but he actually didn't say uh, Iranians. He said Uranians. Uranians. Like they were from Uranus. <laughs> okay. And yeah, they're from his, his right. Uranus. The people uh, will never, ever, from Uranus, will never, ever unite against Putin. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all know, you know, the media is loving this. They're showing like still photos, instant replays and all this stuff, you know, like the war is going on and they get to play off of this, all this fear mongering and everything. And so uh, meanwhile, people are dying, yeah. you know, but it's and all the about up the, that, I mean, all this is just yeah. spoke and mirrors for what the for, for World Economic Forum is doing. Our dollars about to freaking crash. And now uh, he gives them the green light again to. Uh, for uh, for China to buy oil from Russia, not using the U.S. dollar. You think friggin' food's expensive now, baby? Uh, it's been going up incrementally, as well as fuel. Uh, looked online about getting round trip tickets. I'm talking economy tickets, American Airlines, from Newark to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> they were like five hundred and fifty dollars a ticket. <laughs> I'm like, two of us with taxes, Tracy and I, would be $1,400. I could drive there and back. Even with the gas price, I could drive there and back six times. Yeah, right. So it's going to you know, take me a little longer, but whatever. What the hell? Uh, so anyway, uh, I want to just reiterate this because we've, we've talked about this. And the 38 million people that watched his uh, speech that um, don't know the true story. This is right from the Associated Press, who is no fan of gun people. All right. So 
uh, Biden said that there is a liability shield that makes gun manufacturers the only industry in America that can't be sued. The only one. <laughs> this is what this is what. This is what fucking oatmeal head said. All right. So the AP retorted, that's false. While gun manufacturers do have legal protections from being held liable for injuries caused by criminal misuse of their weapons, thanks to the 2005 Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, they are not exempt or immune from being sued. If you shoot a gun and it blows up in your face and it takes half your nose off, you can sue the gun manufacturer okay rightfully so yes if your gun is used by a criminal the criminal is liable not the gun manufacturer that is the proper way to do things right so he is lying straight up lying and again he just keeps repeating it in public so that enough people will repeat it remember a long time ago obama said it was easier to order a gun online than a book oh yeah right right absolutely yeah, and then when the COVID hit and the lockdowns and all the people that never thought they'd want a gun went out to apply and get one, they were like, oh, shit, Wait this a is a lot harder than I thought. Yeah, I have to be fingerprinted to get the uh, latest copy of uh, Stephen King's book. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, this is a, ever since we talked about the Great Reset, I received a lot of information. John McConnell, by the way, who had... Some a minor procedure, and he's getting better because we need him. Okay, uh, we need him around. Um, so keep getting well, John. We, we need you out there. But you know, there's a lot of this whole corporatism thing. You, I think you were the first one that ever said corporatism to me, and I had to Google it. Was am I correct? Probably. You talked about corporatism, and uh, you know they're they're hinging on this whole lockdown thing, masks and everything, to basically you know hijack. Uh, countries like ours that still have an inkling of a little bit of freedom left. And if anybody thinks I'm not serious uh, about something like this, if you watch any excerpts from Biden's speech, just look at Nancy Pelosi behind him, the way she's rubbing her hands and moving her dentures and giggling. I mean, she's 104. Our whole country is run by octogenarians that their brain capacity is less than 20 or 30 percent now, but they will not give up this power. Kicking and screaming, they will adhere to this power and make the decisions for us in this country. They run every branch of the government they run the uh, the ruling class in Washington, D.C., uh, all the people behind the curtains, the elites like George Soros and everybody. These miserable people are running our lives daily and running our lives into the ground. Because we allow that. But, Sandy, how do you how do you how do you fight the machine that is the media? How do you fight the machine that is the power brokers, the banking industry, everybody else? How do we do it? I mean. Seriously. It's a good question. It's 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 horrible. The the way we the direction we are moving into this country so rapidly. Mm. You, you know what I mean? It's just we're so rapidly moving into this. Well, we 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 warned about this. I don't I don't know how many times it's like we're talking to a, a vacuum. And we've said this over and over and over for how many years now? And it and we said it's not going to happen gradually. It's going to happen overnight. It's going to look like it happens overnight. Yes. Did you know, uh, remember we were talking about uh, Michael Anestis, Ph.D., uh, Mm -hmm. from Rutgers. 
So he's the head of the New Jersey Gun Violence Research Center. He's the executive director. And I've been watching this guy. Dr. Pirelli's been watching this guy. This guy, he, he makes, uh, we found out, <laughs> by the way, uh, I got some good people. We pay him, the taxpayers, without perks and benefits. He gets a salary of $238,000, $322 a year, oh, funded by taxpayer money uh, to take our guns away. Wonderful. And so this guy's been in um, academia mostly all of his life. He's done a lot of research on uh, suicide and everything. I'll give him that. But he's, you know, he's tried and true anti-gun. Long history of writing stuff like that. Never talks about crime. Never talks about criminals. It's always law-abiding gun owners and taking guns away from us to lower uh, the suicide rate and the crime rate, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm on to this guy, and I'm watching him, and then I see an op-ed printed uh, in the NJ.com, and the end of the op-ed, it's talking about how we need to lower crime by, you know, controlling guns and this and that and everything, and it's signed Joy, J-O-Y-E, Anestis. So I do a little Googling, and lo and behold, she's a doctor of philosophy at Rutgers University. <laughs> and she's also the spouse of Michael Anestis, who now she makes $108,000 a year. So the two of them have a combined taxpayer income of $340,000 a year without perks. And, 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 without, and benefits for life. And, of course, benefits for life. So the two of them are working the system. Uh, for their own financial benefit uh, to take our gun rights away. And we're funding it uh, through the Rutgers uh, Policy Center, Gun Violence the Research Center. To do the work of whoever is going to keep them in those benefits and salaries. I, I mean, at this point, you have to question whether either one of them believe the crap that they spout. So I want to just go over some of the research grants he's been awarded. <laughs> All right, you ready? Now you're in my world. Okay, so this is research grants. Uh, Defense Health Secretary, 700000 New Jersey Office of the Secretary of Higher Education for uh, New Jersey Gun Violence Research Center. You ready? $2 million. Nice. Military Suicide Research Consortium, 432000 New Jersey Office of the Secretary of Higher Education again, Gun Violence Research Center, 500000 That was in 21. 22, he got $2 million. He stepped up his game. New Jersey Department of Human Services, Department of Mental Health, only $117,000. Project uh, Safeguard, $1.9 million from the Military Suicide Research Consortium. The Military Suicide Research Consortium, $780,000, and another Military Suicide Research Consortium, $704,000, and the Defense Suicide Prevention Office, $575,000. My man. Okay, getting some serious dough for research. I've been doing it wrong all along. But anyway, so we are, as taxpayers, giving him those millions of dollars as well so he can continue to take our uh, gun rights away from us, by the way, rather than addressing the real issues. And we all know that all law-abiding gun owners are all for keeping guns out of the hands of unauthorized persons, minors, people with mental health problems and everything. We, we all, do we all not agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So he's playing that off, and he's doing quite well with it. And he's got a lot of power, and he's going to continue to have enough power 
for the next three years as long as uh, Murphy is still in office. So be prepared for a lot more to come with his name on it, and obviously his wife will be writing um, <laughs> some articles too. You know, it, it never ends. This started in California, and uh, now New York, again, is considering a bill to force firearms owners to purchase liability insurance, yeah, Sandy. Right. Yeah. Again, uh, so, you know, criminals don't need any insurance, <laughs> But a law-abiding citizens, we need to have insurance if we're going to protect ourselves or our families with firearms, uh, legally protect them. And Petrolino just wrote a great article for Bearing Arms, and I'm not going to read the whole article, but I want you all to look it up. And it's called, uh, he wrote it February 27th, it came out, Red Flag Challenge Passed Over by the Supreme Court, But There's More to the Story. And uh this case, they're using initials because somebody wanted to remain anonymous in this. But uh, we're trying hard to get a red flag law before the U.S. Supreme Court because we know uh, how illegal it is and how it violates our constitutional rights. With uh, you know the temporary restraining orders, final uh, FROs, final restraining orders, and, and et cetera. And, uh, you know, this guy had uh, received a diagnosis of my, minor post-traumatic stress disorder, and it's not a military a statutory disqualifier for ownership of a firearm in the state. Mm -hmm. uh, but yet they, the red flag laws were used for this with all the other circumstances that went on it. And, uh, you know, there, there's, more, there's more to come to this with John Petrolino. Uh, we're, we're, we're not done. There's going to be... Uh, uh, basically a rebuttal on this and uh, you know we're going to continue to fight it but there's cases abounding that are trying to uh, get up there with this uh, whole red flag travesty and uh, you know June is right around the corner with our Bruin case which is interesting because if they rule under strict scrutiny and it gets kicked back down it will be affecting other second amendment cases like our our 10 round mag case is still on hold by the way ladies and gentlemen, uh, in case you, you didn't know that, it's still on hold, and uh, it'll be a wonderful thing if uh, the ruling comes out 6-3, Thomas writes the majority, rules under strict scrutiny, and kicks all the other cases back down. So if you live in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Hawaii, California, Maryland, um, hang on. Oh, Hawaii as well. Hang on, because this is going to be an interesting time. And we're literally right around the corner now. We're in March. So, uh, you know, April, May, June, March, three months, three and a half months, and we'll have a decision. And uh, hopefully this will be the uh, icing or cherry on the top of the cupcake. I want to talk about something very distressing. So pretty much New York has gone the way of San Francisco. And Mayor Eric Adams basically came out and said that the reason the media is being so hard on him for such a terrible job that he's doing in New York the first couple of months he's been in charge is because the media doesn't have the same color skin as him. So, and listen to me, the mayor is not responsible for all of the crime in New York City. He can help, he can set some precedent, but he's not responsible for all of it. You know, the, the lawmakers, the judges, and well, the judges are pretty much hobbled. But listen to this, okay? This guy, Frank A., 37 years old, February 21st, 
he's like a homeless guy, has some mental problems or whatever. He approaches um, a woman sitting in a bench in a subway, and um, he asked her if she would go out with him, and she pretty much ignored him. He walked about 30 feet away in the subway, pulled his pants down, pooped in a bag, walked back towards her, and grabbed it with his hand and smashed it all in her face, Sandy. Rudy Giuliani, back in the day, right, with the broken windows enforcement, the broken windows theory, was so right with all these low-level social crimes. This city is a toilet at this point. He got feces in her eyes, hair, all over her face. And she tried to use the bag to shield herself. She also got her lip was cut and swollen and red forehead because he was punching her too. Jeez. He was out on bail for attacking a 46-year-old man on Utica Avenue in Crown Heights (laughs) on September 9th. And he called him an effing Jew and I'm going to kill you. So hate crimes don't happen anymore. And uh, he's only had 22 prior unsealed arrests and 54 sealed arrest as a child right yes so when he went before the judge on february 22nd the day after it happened he told the judge hurry to f up i'm hungry oh and the judge released him because of bail reform laws that were implemented by the lawmakers in new york released him yeah, he told the judge, hurry to F up, and the judge did. The judge has to release him, Sandy. There is laws on the books. The, we don't need judges anymore in like in New York. You have, remember I talked no, about start right. judging the yeah, judges? Yeah, it's it, not yeah. the judge's fault. There used to be a balance of power in New York. There is no more because of the legislature's past laws saying, this is if it's this crime, you do this. If it's that crime, you do that. They're, the judges have no leeway. So, yep, exactly. So the judges have no leeway on this, and uh, that's how it works now. So pretty, pretty, pretty crappy, huh? Ooh, did I say that? No pun intended. We talked off air. They've won. They have. We were just talking about that off air. We we they have won. We we pretty much have lost. And I've said this for how long now that when you're a victim of a crime in in the United States now you're a victim twice. First you're a victim at the criminal's hands, and then you're a victim of our own criminal justice system that we, the law-abiding citizens and taxpayers who go to work every day, fund the system to protect us. Yet the very system does not protect us. It protects the criminal. You know, and if that woman would have fought back <clears throat> and pushed like Maybe pushed crack, him on a track? Pushed him on a track and a yeah. train hit him, she'd be in jail for the rest of her life. She would definitely be in jail the rest of her life. Because that's it's a different, one. you know, they have to go to a different column, one from column A and one from column B. So she'd be column B, right? She would be column B, exactly. So this is what we have to deal with uh how much time do we have left we've got uh, about 10 minutes well all right yeah but really minutes, yeah. all right i got one for you you ready mm-hmm. so uh john mcconnell sent me something about the world depressed now you know oh, i'm sorry john mcconnell sent me something about the world economic forum they're pushing since COVID started for a digital id system mm-hmm. globally yeah 
Absolutely. And the digital ID system proposes monitoring online behavior. Yep. What's that, a social score? What is that called? Social Sandy? score, yeah. Social score. Purchases, biometrics, and more. The World Economic Forum, an international organization that works to shape global, regional, and industrial agendas, recently published its latest dystopian proposal, a far-reaching digital ID system that will collect as much data as possible on individuals and use this data to determine their level of access to various services. There you go. Under this framework, the World Economic Forum proposes collecting data from many aspects of people's everyday lives through their devices, telecommunication networks, and third-party service providers. They suggest that this data collection dragnet would allow a digital ID to scoop up data on people's online behavior, purchase history, network usage, credit history, names, national identity numbers, medical history, travel history, social accounts, e-government accounts, bank accounts, energy use, health stats, education, and more. On the digital ID, once the digital ID has access to this huge, highly personal data set, the World Economic Forum proposes using it to decide whether users are allowed to own and use devices, open bank accounts, carry on, carry out online financial transactions, conduct business transactions, access insurance, medical treatment, book trips and vacations, go through border control between countries or regions, access third-party services that rely on social media logins, et cetera, et cetera. How do you like this? It's, how do you like this digital ID, Sand? Well, we talked about this. I mean, this is, this is China gone worldwide, and this is what, this is what COVID allowed to happen. And people are turning, you know, people are, it's funny, it's the same thing that's going on in Ukraine right now. I mean, this was a very convenient wink and a nod from Biden to Putin. Go ahead and do that and take everybody's mind over there. And almost everybody's focusing in on what's going on in the Ukraine right now. When they're not watching what's actually going on at the World Economic Forum. And the fact that our dollar is about to do the same thing that Zimbabwe did, that Venezuela did. Because once we lose that ability since, since 1971, when, when um, Nixon at the time got off the gold standard and we were, went on to the petrodollar, every commodity in the world is traded in U.S. dollars, meaning mm -hmm. if China wants to buy oil from Russia, let's say, it has to trade the yuan in for dollars and purchase it in dollars. Yes. When that disappears, so does the value of our fiat currency. And we will be held with the same regard in the world as Venezuela and Zimbabwe. We will instantly be poor overnight. Everything will cost massive amounts of money. We're almost there. We, we are almost there, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen like the flick of a switch, and everybody's eyes are off of it right now because their eyes are, you know, because it's nonstop 24-hour loop on the, on, on the media about what's going on in Ukraine. Now, I don't want this to sound horrible, but I don't give a crap what's going on in Ukraine. I only care about the, the people, the collateral yes, damage, the young the, kids yes. and the civilians. That's Absolutely. all I care about. The people of Ukraine. Not the, everybody forgets that the ruler of Ukraine, even though the guy's an actor, number one. He was one. a comedian. Yes. So he, he knows how to play the media. And uh, everybody forgets that he uh, banned certain um, journalists and had them jailed and disappeared oh, 
oh, as far back as, I don't know, my memory can't serve me, maybe, ooh, 12 months ago? Uh, but we all forget this. He's such a great guy. He's not a great guy. But if you watch mainstream media, he's the greatest guy in the world. Yeah, well, because they propped him up like a hero. Right. And, you know, they're making Russia like the underdog, and they're, they're going to beat the Russians. <laughs> Putin like, is almost completely um, completed the circle, exactly. cutting Ukraine in half. Absolutely. And that's it. And then he's just going to put a puppet regime in that part and then eventually take the whole thing. They have the time. They have the resources. So it's it's there's not going to be a win. I just read this morning the European Union told the people of the European Union to turn their thermostats down into the 50s to help lower the dependence on Russian oil. We're still buying a billion dollars a day of, of oil from Russia yes, that yes. Putin is using to fight the war. Of course. We've been, we've been doing that for many, many presidents uh, right on through, buying from Russia. And if we really wanted to hurt Putin, all we have to do is open up. Forget the strategic oil reserves. We're facing World War III at this point, and this moron, what do you call him? Mashed potato head? What? Oatmeal brains? <laughs> Oatmeal brains. Uh, he, he opens the strategic oil reserves. Oh, that eased the problem for two days. And why would you do that? That's the military strategic oil reserves. How about just opening the restrictions, and he continues to put restrictions, open the restrictions on pumping oil. We have the largest supply of oil in the world. They're God, punishing so. us because they want to push green energy, green right. initiatives. So they're doing this on purpose. If they get gas to $10 a gallon, right. more electric cars right. will be purchased, more solar panels will be purchased from China, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're, this is all part. Of, he could turn it on right now. Even though the loony left fringe of his party would be bitching a little bit, it would pass in a minute as soon as gas prices went down. They're doing this because it's all part of the plan for the great reset get us absolutely. off of fossil fuels absolutely or, or to make us dependent again not independent but yep. dependent and that yep. is the problem you know we are yep. we're dependent on the world economic forum to to uh, to exist and it's like i said it's going to happen uh, overnight but it hasn't happened overnight it's been drip 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 for very many years and they know how to do this they've just been waiting for something like a pandemic to happen. You realize Fauci, have you heard Fauci's name lately? No, he's, they don't, he's not needed for the he's, Great Reset anymore. He's, he's outlived, outlived his usefulness. His usefulness. Yeah. And COVID seems to have disappeared. Oh, yeah, it was amazing, you know, how uh, one war will just take care of that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's something, huh? Now, one little fight in the in the skirmish, and and listen, everybody knew Russia was going to do this. It was inevitable. And it's just you know, look, China is, uh, and I, I think it's it's you know, China's poised, ready to take over Taiwan. I mean, and that, that'll that's be happening next. China, their uh, correspondence was uh, uncovered. China told Russia to wait until after the Olympics to attack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You right. know, these guys are all playing like the of peace course. talks. They're sitting down, uh, Ukraine and Russia. It's all this it's all is bullshit. all yeah. bullshit. It's all theater right. for to give people hope and buy time. It's done. The Ukraine will completely be annexed to Russia within a week or so, and it'll all be over from there. And then um, Putin's going to decide what he's going to do next. 
It's the you know? same thing all the way down to your local government. When you show up at a town meeting of a planning committee meeting for that low-income housing development that they're going to put right in your backyard, and you show up, it's already done. Correct. Correct. Uh, okay, so listen, um, March 18th in Clifton, I'm going to be, I'm hosting Evan Knappen for a U.S. Law Shield uh, seminar, Sandy. Okay. If you're a member of U.S. Law Shield, it's free. If if not, it's $10 to attend. And you would just go to gunlawseminar.com to register. We get 50, 60, 70 people show up to these things all the time, right? So I posted this all over, and in one of the pages I posted it, somebody wrote fear-mongering as usual. Oh, for God. And I, I love these gun people like that. So having a seminar and having uh, an, an, a, an insurance policy uh, in New Jersey is fear-mongering. You know what I mean? Whatever tool bag thought that up, fear-mongering my ass. This is important that you educate yourself and learn. Listen, if you went to one of the Napin seminars and you don't want to go again, that's fine. But go to one, even if you're not a U.S. Law Shield member, for 10 bucks. They don't do the hard sales on you. You're not getting a free toaster if you join U.S. Yeah, Law right, Shield exactly. the same day yeah. or anything. And they don't let you out. Yeah, you understand? It, it, does, it, yeah, it doesn't work that way. But it's very important that you have these updates. So it's from 6 to 9 p.m. Napin will be there. I'll be there for the opening of the show then I have to uh, of the presentation then I have to come back to work but you know US Law Shield is like $30 a month or something and uh, where are you going to get insurance like that so right. especially if you're living in New Jersey what jackass is uh, of oh, fear mongering yeah yeah, yeah I know I know this is the guy and that comes, you know it comes from our camp yeah and, of and course I, of course of course so ridiculous of don't, course don't you remember when we first started this show that the death threats we got, the death I, I threats. I love those. Those were great. No, they were good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, people... And the moron didn't realize that sitting across the table from us was a freaking federal officer who could run their background instantly right to their shitty little cubicle that they were sending their death threats from. That was the show we interviewed Alan Gora. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That's about 10 years ago. Man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, fear mongering. Education is fear mongering. Whatever. I'm a fear monger. Okay. I just want to educate people. I don't think I'm out there scaring anybody. All of my listeners that listen to the show are listeners. They already know what's going on. And, uh, and, uh, oh, remember I'm not a neocon either. I haven't been called a neocon in a long time either. Uh, I'm against, I'm against wars because now if I owned, uh, a chunk of Raytheon or McDonnell Douglas or something, I'd be a neocon. But I don't. Right. Uh, they should be making stuff for commercial aviation, and they should be making stuff for our military for, for defending our country. But I'm not that jackass that thinks we should go to a war like Liz Cheney. Daddy owns Halliburton stock. Woke up in the morning, been around Know about that, baby. I got these old walking blues. I woke up this morning feeling round for my shoes. Well, you know about that, baby. Look at here, I got these old, old, old walking blues. Leaving this morning, I had to go ride the night. I've been mistreated and I've told my dad leaving this morning. I had to go 
in the nation. <laughs> what happened? There we are. If you're listening to the show early Sunday morning, <laughs> if you're listening to the show early Sunday morning, uh, get your ass here between 10 to 3. Uh, Sharia is going to be here from Touchstone Crystal by Swavorsky. Nice. Come into the ring. She's going to have a table set up. And 20% of all the proceeds are going to my charity, Canines for Warriors. All right. So get down here and say hello to Sheree. I will be here as well. We'll be hanging out, having a little fun. Have your people call my people. Uh, the next two weeks after that, the table will be set up. The uh, Woodland Park uh, uh, West Patterson Fire Company will be uh, raffling off a Louis Vuitton Neverfull bag. They'll be selling raffle tickets. So uh, if you want to try to win a bag and donate to a good cause, they're volunteer firefighters in our town, by the way. And they're really good people. I'm also buying tickets. There's going to be a cigar night for the Roseland Police Foundation. Tom O'Byrne set this up. It's Wednesday, March 23rd, 6.30 p.m. till 10.30 p.m. at Ravello, R-A-V-E-L-L-O, restaurant in Eagle Rock Ave in East Hanover. And uh, your ticket includes, it's $125. You get a buffet dinner, two drink tickets, and two cigars. Sandy, you got to see the, the, the hot buffet, the dessert, the beverages, the cigars, the camaraderie and everything. I recommend everybody get your arses and um, come and check it out. Now, my normal housekeeping. 
Marty's V Burger, martysvburger.com, 20% off. If you mention Gun for Hire, you can order online and pick it up at uh, uh, Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park on Freakin' Fridays. If you sign up to be a member of U.S. Law Shield, use code Gun for Hire or Gun for Hire Radio for 10% off. Do not forget John's book, Decoding Firearms. Uh, it's available on Amazon. It's also available here at the uh, retail shop at Gun for Hire. John, I have about 20 books left. Uh, I had them in three different locations, so we're good right now unless we get 20 of you some bitches coming and buy them. Don't forget the Gun Lawyer Podcast, exposing the truth about the laws designed to strip you of your freedoms by Evan Knappen. Don't forget my book, Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game. Still selling them on Amazon, Kindle, and CrimeProofBook.com, as well as the range. If you come in the range and I'm here, I will autograph one for you. Uh, my doctor, Dr. Joe Sampataro, Optimal Health Wellness NJ. Dot com optimal health wellness nj.com concierge medicine for a few shekels a month you will have access to a doctor that will have no more than 250 patients you have to check it out and then of course lake island rifle and pistol club l-a-k-e-i-s.org donate my buddy tony gallo is the president down there they're doing great things they've been open since the 30s they're always looking for members donations whatever you can do you know support those who support you uh the uh, ranges obviously are open lockers are available you want a locker you can come in and rent them we have about eight large ones and about five more mediums still available until new lockers are delivered they're on uh back order because of your let's go brandon guy everything is on back order the retail and swag area is almost done and the gun store will be open in a couple of weeks sandy we're, we're the drop ceiling was going in today uh, yep hvac hookups are being done it's already painted andy from dylan electric andy dylan he's wrapping up mike candido from jay moore kicked ass tom o'burn and his guys kicked ass and i would be remiss if i didn't say matt kicked ass as acting like the general contractor on our end here uh, Matt's birthday just passed. Richie's birthday just passed. We're all getting older. So now Richie's in his 40s still for a year. Matt's in his 50s, and I'm in my 60s. Damn, I don't know how that happened. Uh, I'm on Truth Social, at Gun for Hire, one word. That's the new uh, like Twitter competitor called Truth Social. There's a waiting line to get into it, so uh, good luck. Uh, but go on and try to log in if you can. Um, and... Uh, so what do I got here from Jeff Dorman? I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Marty sent an email. Where's Marty's email? Dan G sent an email. I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, oh, I love this. This is the type of stuff I like from Phil Dino. Anthony, just dropping a quick note to mention the staff was great today. They always do. Blah, 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 blah. I love, I love that. I love when I get the, uh, the emails that my people are doing a great job because you're only as good as your people and they do kick ass i have to i have to admit it 100 percent. my people uh show me up all the time uh sometimes i want to strangle an occasional one but you know so marty says uh you know talks about drunk drivers and stuff shouldn't uh, drunk drivers be liable for accidents and not the auto manufacturers you know i think we all get that it's unbelievable the shit that we have to deal with you know uh so, oh, Dan Grotovic uh, from uh, the president of CNJFO. Anthony, I was offended this week when you called John Curry Fred Gwynn. Seriously, man. 
how could you be so cold and cruel? What the hell did Fred Gwynn ever do to be compared to that lout? Was his performance in My Cousin Vinny not exceptional? These two Utes, for instance. I just can't abide such an offense to a man who was able to escape being typecast by his role as Herman Munster. Smile. P.S. Keep up the good work. I'm sorry about that. But, yeah, Kerry does look like a, a modern-day Frankenstein. So I get this email. I bumped into you on my way out of the range on Saturday, and you asked me how everything was, and I replied, perfect, and then babbled a little bit as I was in a rush. In my defense, she who must be obeyed, a.k.a. my <laughs> wife had sent me texts asking me when I was going to be home, as she thought the course I was taking was supposed to end at noon. It was, but it ran late to almost one. I'm not complaining. In any event, I wanted to give you proper response to your question. A little background. I'm a retired law enforcement officer living in the People's Republic of New Jersey. As I planned on continuing to carrying a firearm under Leosa, I wanted to find a place close to home where I could practice and went to gun for hire a few times, but didn't join as it was a bit further than some other places. Over time, I began listening to a variety of your shows and became increasingly interested in more practice and, import and more importantly, receiving training. Your podcast is my favorite, and you and Sandy, not sure if that's how he spells it. Yes, that's how he spells it, with a Q. Um, always have me bouncing between hysterical laughter, extreme outrage at our politicians, and the rest of the first tier. And hope, hope that maybe people will open their eyes and that there are still good people in this world like you two. The quarantine crawl you put together really got to me as I watch so many local businesses struggling over the past couple of years. I make a point of always trying to use the businesses on your list. Oh, thank you. I recently started taking classes from the impressive variety offer. I did the one-hour private intro and holster draw class, and when you saw me, I just finished with Urban Pistol 1. I plan to eventually take them all. Your instructors are excellent. Your staff and everyone who works with you are all top-notch and are always welcoming, friendly, and helpful. I joined the range, by the way, and I feel like I've already gotten way more than my money's worth of out of the investment. I'd like to do something to give back. Please let me know who I can talk to about making some sort of donation in furtherance of your mission out there at Gun for Hire. Thank you for everything you do for the community. Diego Redondo. Diego, I sent him an email. Dan Grotovich, I told him to donate to CNJFO under the name of Gun for Hire. So, Dan, whatever he donates, I want uh, cash back to me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's 10 points. Ten, 10 points, baby. No, please, Diego, donate it to a two-way group. I don't need it. That's what I would prefer to do. And uh, those guys are doing great work. We have the uh, youth event, which is sold out, coming up this month. Um, those guys are doing a great job. So send the donation there. Okay, here we go. Uh, Mike L. sent me this. Uh, hope all is well. Thought this link would interest you. Mobile security devices. Yes, he took his uh, Utah up at Florida uh, and Cherry Ridge. Thank you, Mike. Uh, more stuff coming in about the Apple AirTags, which you have to be careful with these damn Apple AirTags. Uh, I got a great one for Apple AirTags for Jeff Dorman. Uh, who did the same thing. We kind of discussed this already. He's been using the Apple AirTags when he's traveling with his gun. He puts an air tag in the case and he cut out the cushioning stuff and he put the air tag underneath the cushioning so it might not even be noticed by TSA or whatever. Huh? Now, Jeff, you didn't write it in there, but it's good to take the, the chirper thing out. There's a YouTube video on how to take the little chirpy thing out. And Jeff included screenshots and everything in his email, uh, which I think is really, really important. 
Uh, but I bought, like I said, I bought a four pack of AirTags. I have one on Rex that's tethered to Tracy's phone, and I uh, I have three more. I haven't used them yet, but I will I will be using them uh, eventually. And uh, I'm definitely when I travel, I'm going to put them in our bags, and then when I travel with a gun, I'm going to put it in the gun case as well. I just think it's priceless, you know. The same thing with your range bag. Put one in your range bag. We I I told you years ago I pulled into the Bayonne Range on a rainy night, Sandy. Hmm. And uh, the parking lot in the spot next to me was a range bag. Yeah, yeah. In the ground, getting wet. And I picked it up and I brought it inside. And I said to Vinny, who was alive at the time, I said, Vinny, I just found this in the parking lot. He goes, why? That's Joe's. He just left a little while ago. Sandy, as Vinny was saying that, Joe was like seven years old. He came barreling through the door. He's like, oh, my God, there it is. (laughs) He lived in Bayonne. He put the bag down to open the car. It was raining. I don't know. He got distracted. He pulled away, left the bag in the parking lot. There was four handguns in it. So it would be kind of cool to have an air tag without a chirper hidden in an environment like that. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. So this learning segment now, I watched this really distressing video on the New York in the New York Post uh, about a road rage incident, and it was all caught by the guy's own dash cam. All right, this guy Scott Madison, uh, M A T T I S O N, forty six years old. A road rage ensued. I don't know who cut who off, who started, or whatever, but they started cutting each other off high rate of speed through the suburbs of streamwood which is uh in chicago now remember illinois you could have carry permits but in this case the shooter didn't have a carry permit but so they stopped at a traffic light and scott madison 46 years old obviously was uh was uh richie feed me for your birthday by the way all right, let's go. Richie's birthday today. Shouldn't he be buying me lunch? Of course he should. He should be right, buying exactly, you a cake exactly. too. And a cake. I want a cake too. I don't care what. I, no, I don't want nothing. No, no sweets. Just carbs. Uh, good carbs. So, Sandy, the video shows rather than let it go, like we talk about all the time, rather than just turn the other cheek or whatever. Scott, forty-six years old, gets out of the car and approaches the other guy's car who was in front of him at a traffic light. And he's yelling through the window, and he reached into the window. This is the only perspective we can see is from Scott's dash cam. Now, I can't tell from the, the, the photo if he's strangling the guy, hitting the guy. I don't know. But both of his hands are in the driver's side window of the car. And then a second later, a couple of shots go off, and he stumbles backwards and dies in the road. 46-year-old father of two, married father of two. The suspect, 18-year-old Jonathan Meha, has been charged with first-degree murder and aggravated unlawful use of a weapon in the shooting death of a Glenville Heights man. Now, if Jonathan Mejas was a registered gun owner in Illinois, he'd probably get away with that because he could say he was felt he was under immediate threat because there was a car in front of him at the light he couldn't pull away or anything. So, you know, there's nothing that important in a road rage incident that you have to get out of the car and approach another car. Yeah, exactly. All right, and, and go up to an open window and start arguing. I know we all lose our shit sometimes and we all lose our temper, but there, he died. And, and, and for what? Because somebody cut somebody off, somebody brake checked, somebody stopped or something like that. I talk about this in my book all the time. When you're driving, your window should be locked. 
uh, excuse me, your door should be locked, your window should be closed if open, not open enough where someone can stick their hand through. We, we talked about when you stop the cars in front of you, you should be able to see the tires. And we've had other listeners, you know, chime in. You should be able to see the entire bumper and everything of the car in front of you and the tires so that you could pull out in an emergency situation, right? If you get involved in a road rage situation, what you should do is you should uh, drive don't make eye contact with the person. If they're following you and adamant, you need to drive. You need to drive to a safe place. Get on your phone. Dial 911. I'm being followed by this crazy guy in a white pickup truck. I'm approaching blah, blah, blah street. A lot of new cars, the GPS says you're going north, south, east, or west, or whatever. Cops relate to that, okay? I'm traveling south on Main Street. I just passed the Dunkin' Donuts on uh, Wedge Street, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and stay in your car. And if possible, drive right to a parking lot of a police station like we've talked about before. If you know where that police station is, town hall, government building, anywhere where you possibly can, can get away until the police come on the scene. But stopping outright and allowing someone to get out and approach your car is definitely a no-no. So let's say somebody is trailing right on your ass and a light is coming up. If you stop and leave enough room in front of you and you see it that be in your rear view mirror, that person is getting out and coming to your car, you can pull away. Whether you have to make a U-turn, whether you have to pull into your oncoming traffic, whether you have to go onto a sidewalk, whatever invasive strategy you have to use to survive – you have to do it. Don't worry about legalities and shit like that. You went the wrong way down a one way or whatever else like that. Your safety is, is paramount to this. But you have to have your head on a swivel and you have to be careful of that. And again, I implore everybody, do not get out of the car. There's nothing worth dying for. What are you going to achieve by getting out of the car anyway? So what if you do get the upper hand? What if you punch the person and you knock them out and they hit their head and they get a concussion and they die? Right. So now you're going to be charged with murder, manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, self-defense. I don't know. All I know is your life is going to be over. Even if you don't go to jail immediately, your life is going to be over. So there's nothing worth doing it. That bravado, that testosterone, whatever it is that's driving you at that point, you don't need to do it. Now, what do I like to keep in the car? We talk well, about this all. Before you do that, can, can we rewind a little bit back to where sure. you say, uh, you know, if somebody's getting out of the car and they're coming to you, Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to uh, relate a story. Go ahead, please, please. Nobody in, uh, nobody in my family um, stops behind at a light without seeing the, uh, and this is because of you, um, without seeing the rear wheels of the car in front of us. Yep. And that um, came in very handy one time when I was in Chicago, and I was on the south side of Chicago, and that very same thing happened. I don't know whether I cut somebody off or whatever, whatever it was, or whether it was one of, one of those things that was going to be a bump and you know bump mm -hmm. and rob. Could be a thing. bump and rob. And um, as I was stopped, <clears throat> I saw this going on behind me. So I literally um, was able to jump out of that line of traffic onto the sidewalk, drive up the sidewalk to a one-way street, and I headed up the wrong way on a one-way street hoping to attract a cop, uh, which is exactly what I did. And um, I was not, you know, followed. I told them what was going on, and right away they, they were able to go back and, and investigate the situation. But that particular thing of just keeping those, 
uh, rear wheels of the of the car in front of you in view, you know you can get out at that point, and that pretty much saved whatever problem that could have could have happened. You know, people just they get like sometimes you could be a victim of road rage. You don't even know what you did. Yeah. You know, somebody just can you pulled out and you legitimately didn't see the guy who was planning on pulling out the same time Mm -hmm. and he's having a bad day and it set him off. It doesn't hurt to have in your car in New York and New Jersey. You can have three quarters of an ounce of OC spray. It doesn't hurt to have one on clipped to the visor of your automobile. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's nice because you can spray it through that crack, get a stream for a situation like that. That is a beautiful thing uh, to have. Uh, it doesn't hurt to have a mag light, a four or five C or D cell mag light on the floor in the back seat of your car. D is the if best. D is the best. <laughs> Six D cell is the best. You can also, if you're five foot, five foot two, you can use it as a cane um, <laughs> in certain situations. Uh, now, I've been, uh, I've had numerous surgeries, my knee and back and everything. I keep a uh, a hard maple cane in my car as well now yeah, because there are times where my back goes out. And I need the cane for a few hours, so why not keep a nice cane in the car? Uh, you can keep a taser in your car, especially in New Jersey. Not New York. I don't know your New York laws, so I'm going to pass on that one. But you can keep a taser or a stun gun in your car in New Jersey as well. So there are some evasive and defensive things that you can do. But again, the best is avoidance. The best is to just get yourself in a safe place. You know, if the guy is that crazy to follow you into the parking lot of yeah. a police department, exactly. and then you yeah. know, uh, then let the police deal with them. You'll, yeah. You're going to watch them. You know, tase him or put him down right in the parking lot and you'll be like beautiful they did the job for me yeah exactly. you know and I, I i don't have to do anything now so uh uh I, that's what i would say i would just you know it's better to just keep your head on a swivel be aware be safe same thing like if you come out of a store and somebody's following you you know if you can get to your car on time without them coming over and you know jamming the car door open like we've talked about this before if you feel somebody's following you pass your car yeah. Then double back right. and get in the car. But if somebody's right on your ass, you shouldn't be opening the car door. They'll, you know, people, emotionally disturbed people have strength a hundred times. Sandy, you learned yeah. about EDP when you were uh, going through medical school, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the emergency room, you've dealt with emotionally disturbed oh, people, yeah, right? Right, absolutely. Did it take, you can't, I've watched videos, we've done classes here, we've done defensive tactic classes. You can't even hold a person down like that. No, you Especially can't. if they're sweaty. No. Every, has everybody here not watched cops at one time or another? I saw a little, like maybe <laughs> five foot two, five foot three guy pick up an emergency room gurney, which had to weigh at least 600 pounds, literally pick it up and fling it across the emergency room. I mean, just, just unbelievable. It was just amazing. Um, yeah. They don't break bones. They don't care. I watched the cops once. It was in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. It was a woman that was probably five foot three, a hundred pounds, covered with tattoos, and she had like a halter top on and shorts. And you know, New Orleans is hot and sweaty. And there was about ten cops, and the cops got all of their shit on. You know, their vests, their belts, and everything. They were trying to restrain her to handcuff her, Sandy. They went from room to room, breaking everything in its path. And it all took all of like 10 cops to get her down, yeah. to, to basically cuff her. Yeah. And then she slipped out of the cuffs. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they had to start over again. Now, also, they're trying to exercise restraint and not right. hurt her. Right. An emotionally disturbed person's not trying to do that. No. They will exercise no. whatever the strength. Yeah. They don't care if they hurt themselves or they hurt you. Yeah, it's don't complete, break their arm to get Correct. It's a completely different playing field. It's not level at all. So, you know, if you're walking and you're approached by somebody like that, be careful, especially in the New York metropolitan area. It's full of them because we don't we don't do anything. <laughs> exactly right. We don't help anyone. Exactly. We just put exactly. Them out on the street and, uh, so you know, for the best. You know, you know I, I, I always have my pen in my pocket. I always have a knife on me where legal. Uh, sometimes I have my pepper spray wherever I can. But you don't know how shit is going to go down. You no. can't predict it. If you think you can predict it, you can't. But that's why you have to be prepared. You have to instill this in your kids you know your your 17 year old daughter god forbid cuts a guy off unknowingly she's a new driver and he starts to follow her and you haven't instilled these lessons on her and she pulls up and she allows herself to be boxed in now what he's going to approach the car oh this is just a routine guy bitching let me roll the window down or let me get out no 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 it's our job to teach them it's our job to to help make them safe without scaring them so much but that's a thin line right yeah that's a that's a thin line so i want everybody to think about this think hard about protecting ourselves and our loved ones you know that's one of the big reasons why i wrote the book and this this was not a pitch for the book but i watched just watched the guy get shot multiple times who was dumb enough to get out of the car in a road rage environment and approach the other guy's car for what but thinking about it from the other perspective, if you're sitting in that car, what if he approached with a gun and you're boxed in? And now he's just going to shoot you like, a, like, a, like being in a barrel. He's just going to shoot you dead right through the window of the car. Can't have that, ladies and gentlemen. Please, head on a swivel. Be careful. Have some defensive tools and tactics with you at all times. What else do we have, Sandy? Okay, I'm sorry about the Fred Gwynn thing. I'm actually not. We have a ton of instructor classes coming up. Chuck Leonard and his lovely wife Luann are coming back up from Florida. Starting May 22nd, RSO, BIT, pistol, chief range safety officer, etc., etc., shotgun instructor. Check it out. Go to Gun for Hire Academy. Support those who support you. Check out the quarantine crawl. The Glock matches have been a success. I want to thank all of my employees and volunteers. The 22 League just finished its fifth week. 90 shooters from 8 to 80 have been competing. I want to thank everybody. Henry, I want to thank Phil Bernstock. I want to thank Butch. I want to thank Phoebe. I want to thank Henry and Gabe and everybody else that has been helping with all of those matches. My staff, everybody, Matt included, uh, Sivan, Richie, everybody. Thank you all. And with that, it looks like you've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For Hire Radio. Gun For Hire Radio is a County Think Media production. The this broadcast was managed by Cowboy Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Pastor Trainer Anthony Calandro, author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game. Available at the range, signed if you want, or you can get it on Amazon or anywhere where good books are sold. We love you guys. We will see you uh, probably again next week. Uh, yes, I'll be here. <laughs> God willing, Jesus Diaries and the batteries hold out. See you then. Call me the wanderer. Yeah, the wanderer.